0: Love, talk Radio. Welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your host, Work-Life Balance Expert, Deb Crow. Join Deb every week as she interviews the co-authors and experts from all over the globe. They'll share their insights into self-empowerment with their personal stories and real-life experiences that will help you on your own personal development and touch every area of your life. Join Deb every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Eastern. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome. It's Deb Pro. It's May the 23rd, 2018. And I just want to start off by thanking our wonderful sponsor that we've had for the whole month of May the Hope After Brain Injury Network. Their magazine has been called the Reader's Digest of Brain Injury. Every survivor and family member has a story, and that story has value. It is in the sharing of personal stories that others find the end of brain injury isolation and the realization that they not walk alone. So if you have a story, please see the submission guideline URL, on our episode information on Blog Talk Radio. My guest today is Glenda Fleming Thomas, and she is a fellow co-author from the Change Book series, and she wrote a chapter in book number three called change. Glenda is the owner of Integrated Life Coaching. She has been helping people on their healing journey for over 25 years. She has program who are ready to go from the quicksand to the best quality of life. Glenda is an international and international speaker who presents workshops and joint venture teleseminars and more. And Glenda, I'm so happy to have you on the Changebook Radio Show. Hi, Deb. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you. Welcome to the show. Oh, it's lovely awesome. to hear your voice.
1: Thank you so much. I'm I'm so thrilled to be here.
0: Well, I I'm happy to have you on. It's such a serendipitous month because you met to California back in 2015 uh, when Jim and Jim had the Change Book event, and mm-hmm. we both got on a plane and flew home, and ended up in neurosurgery. So, would you share with our listeners what happened after your flight home from California three years ago?
1: Yes, Um,
0: when I got
1: home, that was around April 15th, and April 27th, um, I was home and I was talking to my husband on the phone, and uh, while I was sitting there, I started feeling like a numbness in my right arm, and I've had certain sensations, usually it's on the left side, but it was on the right side, and I thought that was just kind of feeling weird So I was talking to my husband. I told him what was happening. I need to call 911. So um, 911 people came and took me to the hospital, and they ran a lot of tests. And finally they did a CAT scan, but they did a CAT scan with some ink that's called contrast so they can really see the detail. And the doctor told me that I had an aneurysm on my right side of my head, and, of course, it was on the brain. And it was in between two larger veins, so which was not a good was not good news. And so uh, from there, he referred me to a neurologist. And by May sixth, I had surgery. And May tenth, I went home. May eleventh, celebrated our anniversary together and Mother's Day. And during that process, um, just preparing for it. It was like two weeks my life flashed before me for two weeks and I just rehearsed so many things from my past and I was thinking mainly about my family and my relationship with God and I said, God, you have shown me so many times you're with me. I don't know what's gonna happen. If I go with you, nothing better could happen than that. And if I stay here, that's really my desire is to continue in this life and continue on to the purposes you have for me. And so with that, I went into surgery.
0: Well, you are certainly um, a person to talk about pain. you've come out of a neurosurgery, and I've just been following your journey, and I guess I would love to start if you would let our listeners know about the book you wrote and how that all came about. Okay.
1: Um, I wrote a book. It's called The Next Chapter, Glenda's Brain and Journey, and how it actually started was with uh, book three of The Change. And being able to work with a team really got me motivated because I've been wanting to write, but it's it kind of like, you know, start having excuses because it's just not enough. you know, like, you just like you're working by yourself. And so uh, but working with the team, it, it really inspired me. Um, and that's when I met you, Deb, and some of the other authors in Southern California. And after that book, I did my chapter in that book. Um, I was inspired once I got out of the hospital. Um, I was just laying there and feeling like I was floating a lot of the time, but I could think really clearly. My words were very clear. Uh, I had some other issues, but my words were still there. And so I just started keeping a journal of each day and what I was going through. So I, I also wrote back, you know, what I was thinking about, Along the way, once I got the diagnosis, I tell about the day that I got the diagnosis. That's where the book begins, and then it ends on my 60th birthday six months later. And uh, so the book came about directly because of having been a part of the change book. I was like, if I can write that chapter, then I can write more than that chapter. (laughs) And so I just shared my thoughts, feelings and experiences and and I didn't know what I was going to fully do with it but as I continued to revi out cam this is going to be a book and so I just continued to share uh, different things that I went through and and just because uh, sometimes people wonder but they don't you know they don't want to ask you you know what how does it feel to go through what you're going through and uh, I've I would like to have it where I could remember what I was going through. Probably if I waited too long, I might not remember. But that's how the book came about. And so I just wrote it as I was going through. And I also designed um, my own rehabilitation because I I wasn't given any kind of uh, instruction. I started doing entangle. It's kind of an art form, but it's... It's something that you just have to Google it and look it up. Uh, Z-E-N-T-A-N-G-L-E. And uh, and then I also did a gratitude journal, which um, gratitude is something that became really huge, <laughs> bigger and bigger and bigger um, as I was going through. And um, so I created a, a journal also and it has some of my Zentangle images in there. So all that was a part of my beginning, the healing process for my brain, and just to grasp the depth of what I was going through, so I just kept track of it. And so, it's available on on Amazon. The the next chapter, and and I begin the book by saying, I just completed the the change, the chapter that I did in the change, and the question I asked at the end. Of my chapter was what's next, and little did I know what was next, and that's why I call this book the next chapter because that's what was next.
0: It seems like you knew on a on a deep intuitive level that something was coming, and. <laughs> To hear you to, to hear you talk about this again. Now, I want to talk about the art because um, Susan Starter is another co author of the Change and is a phenomenal university professor and artist, she gave me that book to practice with the cards. Because you and, I and I just think after you've had such a significant brain injury, because an aneurysm is considered a brain injury, and you have yes. Yeah. I, I just want to applaud you because you kept journals and you were tracking your feelings, your emotions, which all helped contribute to some memory remediation. But tell me where the depths of this artist flourished. Was that you before, or you do, do you think your creativeness has just expanded since your neurosurgery?
1: yeah it definitely expanded um basically what I had done before is do, uh doodle scribble on paper i never you know i never thought about showing anybody anything like that um, i just it was just something that I did, but it was no big deal and then I had this deep belief um that I could not make beautiful things i haven't fully traced where that came from, but I was definitely convinced of it. And so um, I had been reading about Zentangle before I went into surgery, and I was like, you know, let me look at that a- again and see what is that about, because it was uh, basically being described as uh, a way of relaxation, de-stressing. And um, it's the husband and wife, Maria and Robert. Uh, I can't think of their last name right now. But com will tell the whole story about it. And as I began to create the images, um, one of the mantras that really stuck out for me was there are no mistakes. So as you're drawing and your inner critic pops up and says, oh, that's terrible, tear up the paper and throw it away or erase it. Well, in Zentangle, you don't you don't stop, you don't throw it away, and you don't erase. But what you do is take that line or whatever that was that you drew that you think was not what you wanted, but turn it into something else. And I just, I was like, okay, I'll try that. <laughs> and so as I began to find myself criticizing these marks and saying, oh, you know that's I, that's a mistake, or that's something I didn't want. But the concept was to turn it into something else. So I I began to really follow that, and I kept the papers that I drew, and I just my brain was kind of like hungry to for it. And so every day, every day I did that. I did different images every day. And that mantra of there are no mistakes really started to take deep significance for me. And not only did it expand my just giving myself a chance to do those things and color some of them, some of my left blank, um, I began to desire to create images on my own, just just like like a tree or something like that. And so I was walking around. I remember this day, and I have a video on, on my blog and it's and I tell the story I have a video and I had done a butterfly on uh, a eight by eight, eight by ten piece of paper eight and a half by eleven, and sent it to a copier. They blew it up, and when they blew it up, I went to go pick it up. It was like i think four feet by four feet and to me it just it didn't look like I thought. I thought it was going to be crisp and I would be able to color it, make it beautiful, whatever. And I actually had had it two years in the corner. And that day I said, "Hmm, let me get the butterfly and rethink it. I'm willing to with a uh, with a different mindset." So I took it out and it still was not looking like I wanted it to look, but I said, there are no mistakes. And so I rubbed my hand across it. It's a huge piece of paper. And I just said, okay, let's let's give it a chance. So this gray mark here is like the ink, kind of puddled in a place. Um, instead of it just being clear lines, um, I said, let me just make this into something else. And so I, I painted the, I mean, I uh, colored it with color pencils and crayons, and then I layered it, and I furnished it to kind of smooth out the color. It was quite a big task, but I just took it a little at a time and let the colors tell me which ones to pick up. And as I did it, it was turning into something really, really beautiful. And um, I ended up – I i had it. It was really funny. I had a neighbor ask one of my neighbors to come help me um, – uh, strategically figure out my living room to change some things for space and so she was helping me and at the end of it she said well put up your art of course I was like put my art that's really funny because <laughs> I had not even considered to put it up and so I put it up the first thing I put up was a butterfly and the rest is history and I, I drew another one free a new, I drew another image Trees. I started getting into trees. Um, I don't even know the size of it. The paper was really huge. I've never drawn anything like that before, but it was just in me. It was just flowing from me to just draw. Let it be. And it it was like a field of wildflowers and a tree on the left hand side, and some whimsical things flying in the air. But most of it was, you know, like grass and different kinds of flowers and different shapes of leaves and and I was like wow I'm just saying wow myself just looking at it and I was like wow I had no idea I could do that and just that freeing of myself from my inner critic allowed me and I allowed myself to just let it flow don't criticize it and then it helped me in life also to reflect those things that I think I was thinking of as mistakes but just Look at it again, as I can turn that into something else, I can turn it into a, a lesson instead of a mistake. I could turn it to something I learned from and grow from and help other people to grow from.
0: Glenda, I love um, your patience, and I love that you just allowed your creation to just evolve as you kept being more and more patient and I also love that I mean a lot of people if you look at the brain aneurysm statistics and facts for the U.S. there's an estimated six million people uh that have brain brain aneurysms pardon me and the survival rate is one in 50 so obviously somebody has another path for you as you so beautifully alluded, and I love that you are taking your mistakes, as you call them, and you're, you're okay. just allowing yourself to learn from them and pay it forward, and I just think yeah. that that is so commendable, and it's just amazing, and I, I would love for you to share with our listeners, what are some of the things that some deficits that you have in brain aneurysm, and and what strategies do you use to to help you get through the day?
1: Okay. The number one is memory, especially short-term memory uh, issues. And uh, at first, I would say maybe, I would say up to maybe six months, I was just really, really frustrated. And I was just, I thought I just thought, it is like the way I remember things uh, typically before the surgery Is I would visualize it And then I would know where it is But afterward, I would think that I saw it And go back to that place And it's not there because I'm trying to remember That it was there And that it, it just wasn't working And I was really frustrated And um, I told my husband I was just letting him know where I was I was just so frustrated myself A lot of the day um, Behind short-term memory, things being different places or thinking I did something or whatever, whatever it was. And so finally I said, you know, I'm, I'm grateful still with, with that <laughs> being as it is. I'm grateful that I am alive. I'm grateful that my words, uh, the, the way I found out that my words were as strong as they are is through a, an app that was a part of my rehabilitation as well to exercise my brain. Um, uh, I did a little bit every, each day, just a little. And it would tell me different like like problem solving, um, like putting two and two together it was harder. But sometimes my husband would say something, I said, Well what does that have to do with that I'm not connecting? It. And um, it was several other areas, but problem solving, memory, um things like that. It's like nine different areas, I think. But on the words, on that level, for people my age, comparably, I was above average in my words. And that, when I saw that visual report, it gave me a sense of knowing, you know, where I stood. And then, of course, a lot of other ones were quite under uh, average, but that's why when people hear me talk they don't think that I have the other deficits that I do have, like memory. So what I did to help myself out was first of all give myself a break. And uh I told my husband one day I said, Well, they did dig in my brain, so <laughs> of course I'm gonna have some memory problems. And so give myself a break and then um not uh just let it be in the moment when I realize I misremembered something and say, okay, I'll find it eventually and just relax more and and just focus more on gratitude even in those moments of frustration. So one I will tell myself now, you know, I forgot something, but I... Don't get as frustrated. I can't say I don't get frustrated because I do sometimes because it seems so clear. But things are getting better. uh, And doing those uh, exercises on the app helps so much to just practice. Um, And they're just, and then when you do them consistently, it gives you a a rate at which you're improving, it gives you a lot of detail. And so that's another one of the things I use to help myself uh, to build. my brain energy, and to um, be able to understand where I am so I can accept where I am instead of thinking, okay, I should be able to. But I remember things still when I, from when I was a kid, clearly. I don't have any issues with that. It's just short-term. Like somebody says something to me, I may not remember it in, in a few minutes. So I'll write things down, uh, keep notes things like that, to help um, overcome. And then if I lose the note that I wrote down to remember, then I just say, oh, well.
0: (laughs) Well, and I think that those are all really, really good strategies. And I'm so happy that you continue to do so well. You amaze me with all the things that you're doing. And one of the good um, points that you brought up even with uh, a significant neurosurgery, you still have a lot of those long-term memories. It's the short-term memory that's a bit difficult, but if you're journaling yeah. Yeah. and making notes and all those great compensatory strategies that you're doing, that allows you to get through your day. Like you said, if you miss one or you forget one, that's okay. <laughs> so I love I love how you continue to demonstrate a beautiful attitude of gratitude. Every day and, and you know That I join you on that Journey myself every day I give Gratitude every morning and, yeah. And, and, yeah. and I just truly Think that you are an agent Of change a true Change maker Glenda and I just Want to wish you to, 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 to Your life coaching And there's probably another book That you're going to write and just Keep doing yeah. your art and encouraging Other people like you're doing And just put on in the Change Book series with you and I want to thank you for joining me today on the Change Book Radio show.
1: Well thank you so much. And if anybody wants to get in touch with me, they could email me at glenda t artist at gmail dot at gmail And if you have any questions or just want to share, also I'm in some Facebook groups where there are other people who uh brand in so we
0: I can kind of laugh
1: about things or share our stories together, and it just helps even though we don't see each other face-to-face. There are other people out there connecting who are going through these similar things that I'm going through, and it's it's very encouraging and very strengthening, very life-affirming. Thank you, Deb, for this time and allowing me to share. And um, I just pray for everyone who's been through
0: uh, traumatic brain
1: injury, whether it's aneurysm or whatever, that uh, you will continually just use what you have and just use each day with gratitude and know that you're here for a reason. You're still here. And that's, that's for a reason.
0: Exactly. Well said. Will you take care and thanks again for joining me on the Change okay. all, all the best for your continued success. Just a wonderful interview with Glenda Fleming. Book, personal development uh, book series. We are now on book 16, uh, 26 countries, and Glenda is a true inspiration, having survived a brain aneurysm and a very lengthy oral surgery in 2015. So Glenda, thank you for sharing with us today. And again, my heartfelt thanks to my monthly sponsor, The Hope. You to check out the information on our episode info. They have one of the largest Facebook in the world. They have a wonderful magazine, and there is just so much resource for people who've had a head injury, whether it's from a car accident, a brain tumor, or a brain aneurysm. Please reach out. This is Deb Crow. Thanks so much for tuning into the Change Book Radio Show. I'll be back here with you next week on Wednesday, May 31st at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard